Hi folks, this is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't, coming to you once again from Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, high atop the Highway 7 Ridge Line from TSPN. That's the Survival Podcast Network Headquarters, a.k.a. The Ant Hill. Today is episode 798 of the Survival Podcast. It's Wednesday, December 7th, 2011. December 7th, of course, being a day that will live in infamy. Pearl Harbor Day from 1941. But it's not Pearl Harbor Day today on TSP. No, it is Stephen Harris Day. Stephen Solar Heating Harris is back today. He's actually Stephen Everything Alternative Energy, but he's here today to talk about solar heat and ways you can use solar heat in your home. It could not be more timely as we go into the winter months. Really cool stuff, really easy stuff, really inexpensive stuff to do, exciting stuff to do. And toward the end, even a really cool little project you can do your kids to t- uh, do with do, to, do your kids do with your kids to teach them about solar heat and science in general. It's just awesome. Before I bring Stephen on, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today, Sawtooth Tactical. Veteran-owned, veteran-operated, and you're going to get exactly what you would expect from a company like that. First-class service every time uh, from an American company up in the wilds of Idaho. Check out Sawtooth Tactical for all the things that you want and need to live that tactical lifestyle from Magpul Magazines to SOE Tactical Gear. And he's got something really cool. He's the exclusive distributor for a really awesome titanium spork. A tactical spork. It's kind of cool. Check it out. Next up today, ready-made resources. Well, hey, what more could you ask for from a company? Now, for that company to say, here's our name, our name's what we do, and then they do it every time. They do what they say and say what they do. Ready-made resources. All the resources you need for your prepping, ready-made, ready to go, ready to ship, point, click, and buy on their website. Next thing you know, it shows up at your door with excellent service and excellent pricings. Check out ready-made resources for everything from the tactical to the solar to the wind. A lot of stuff you'll hear about from Stephen Harris. Not so much today, but in other times we're talking about different things you want to convert over to electricity. Lots of DC electronics stuff there. Really cool catalog. Check out ready-made resources. Next up, remember you can connect with me on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Those are probably the best ways to stay in touch with me online. Uh, last but not least, we are running a sale right now on the Member Support Brigade. If you use the discount code snow between now and december 15th you get your first year for only 30 dollars, which is a really great deal military law enforcement uh peace corps active duty or prior service remember you have your own special discount program that applies to all membership terms and reoccurring and it's all just for you and you would be better off emailing me first and uh Uh, getting your discount code and, and doing it that way. All I need is a little bit of details of your service. MSB, of course, Member Support Brigade is how you support the show. You get discounts to over 32 vendors, including uh, Stephen Harris's website as well. Uh, you get a whole bunch of free ebooks. You get content that I put together just for the MSB. It's really great stuff, so check it out. Consider joining. This will be the last sale that I run this year. It will probably be the last sale I run in somewhere around March or April of uh, 2012. So it's going to be a long time, at least a quarter before we do it again. Those who want to pay by check or mail, uh, check or, or silver or cash by mail, uh, you can do that with the form on the side. If you're sending silver, folks, let me tell you something um, that's kind of sad. You cannot trust the U.S. Postal Service. 
Uh, if you're going to send silver in regular U.S. mail, that's fine. But I would you know, sandwich it between a couple pieces of cardboard or something like that. We have had silver stolen out of people's uh, of people's correspondence uh, by the U.S. mail carriers. So it does happen. So uh, I don't know that you need to go to something like uh, registered or anything like that. But at least you know, put it in like some kind of either sandwiched in cardboard or with bubble wrap or something like that. Don't just stick it in an envelope because it makes it real obvious what it is. And we've had them cut right out of the envelope and the envelope resealed. Um, I have one more thing to talk about today. It's kind of just a cool thing that I wanted to let you know about. Uh, and I wanted to just say thank you on the air to these folks. It's a really cool little company um, that's taken recycling and, and made it into something useful and functional. It's called Groovy, G-R-O-O-V-Y, GroovyGreenGlass.com. And what they do is they take old wine bottles, they take old beer bottles, they take all kinds of liquor bottles and stuff like that, normally they're thrown away, and they cut them and they make them into glassware and other things. They grind the tops on them and they make them unique and they'll do custom things with brand logos on them or with specific bottles for you know uh, of brands or things like that and it's a good way to keep things out of a landfill and make them into something functional beautiful and really cool well they sent me just as a gift um, two of them uh, a set from a, a beer that was brewed on 11 11 11 uh, that's part of a series that started I think two 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 or something like that yeah two February 2nd 2002 and they're going to keep they're going to do I think one more or two more uh, I think it's, yeah, it's 12 12 12 will be the last one in the series We're doing one a year uh, and it's just kind of neat and uh, they I guess they're probably from 16 ounce bottles so they make a good when you cut the top off I don't know 14 ounce glass so it fits a, a full beer and uh, it's just neat and uh, I'll put a link in the show notes today and I just wanted to say to you guys for sending that to me thank you I appreciate that um, definitely consider it one of the uh, the uh, really favorite Christmas presents that have come in this year. And folks, if you want to see something unique and different, check them out. Groovy GroovyGreenGlass.com. Uh, the next guy that I have to talk about here is Groovy, but he's not green. He's an awesome dude. His name is Stephen Harris. He is the absolute all-time returning guest king on the Survival Podcast. I think Paul Wheaton's been here four times. Mr. Harris is joining us now for the fifth time, and it's because he's so cool and he has so much interesting stuff to talk about. He's here today to talk to us about alternative heating solutions and making solar heat inexpensively and easily and supplementing the heat in our homes with that. We're going to talk about greenhouses as well. Lots of cool stuff. Hey, Stephen, welcome back to the Survival Podcast. Jack, I'm thrilled. It's my fifth time back. I love it. Does this mean I get my own theme music now? Yeah, I was going to do Electric Avenue. For <laughs> I might actually even do that. People will know if I did it or not by the time they get to this part of the interview. Uh, maybe I'll do it right as I introduce you. That, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> it's also don't get in trouble. If I do 30 seconds or less, I think I'm safe from a copyright standpoint. Um, but anyway, I, I'm glad to have you back. The last time we were on, you had these uh, these uh, really cool stills, and you sent me one for making our own alcohol fuels. Right. And uh, I just wanted to, you, you to be able to give people an update on those, because if you wanted one of them, you didn't move fast enough, right? Yeah, they're all sold out. I mean, you've got to sign up for the waiting list now. We sold out of the book, Alcohol Can Be Gas, the DVD. We sold out of the stills. We have more stuff coming in every day so we can, we can fulfill our current orders and get those out to people in a timely manner because we're known for our fast shipping. But uh, we had to turn off the uh, buy on the website, and you can't add one, you can't to cart, you can't buy one. you got to click on sign up for the waiting list, 
and uh, people are having extraordinary results with them. It's an automated still for making car fuel, and it's, um, just in case you didn't hear it, it's at imakemygas.com, which is just like it sounds, and we'll have show notes to it on solar1234.com. That's how you find me and my websites, and it's kind of hard to forget solar1234.com. That's why I say that. So I have it there on the show notes, and we'll have everything we talk about there today in the show notes, the great stuff with solar heating. And if you want to find my other stuff, my other website, some more about me, just go there. But, uh, yeah, Jack, thanks to uh, your customers and my customer base and everything, it's been a uh, successful hit. Awesome. And I, I know people are going to learn a lot with that product. You sent me one. I did it. It was way easier than I could have ever imagined that oh, really? it would be. Yeah, it was simple. I mean, I mean, the fermenting part is old hat for me, and you pretty much dump it in there, and it runs and shuts. You, you set the timer once you figure out what you need, and it does everything for itself. And uh, it, it couldn't be easier. I mean, it's probably not something, like we said before, that you're going to make 200 gallons with uh, this week, but it teaches you the process, and that's what I found really cool about it. And it makes a usable amount. It'll make a couple gallons a week, and sure. that's that's you know twenty, thirty, forty, sixty, eighty miles of free fuel, depending upon your vehicle. And here, people are buying Chevy Volts so they can drive the first thirty-five miles on electricity and the rest for gas. Well, that that first thirty-five miles in a day does you great. So if you make your own uh, gallon a day of alcohol fuel, that's I mean that's savings right there. But uh, let's get on to one of my favorite all-time subjects in the world, the one uh, I'm most passionate about that my lifelong work is in. My lifelong work is actually in very high-temperature solar heat. I mean, stuff like three, 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. But my uh, favorite and easiest stuff to do is solar heat that warms your house. Would you tell people why this is like the thing that does it for you? I mean, I think I know exactly what you're going to say, but um, why is it like, because you know how to do biogas, we talked about that, alcohol fuels, but this is the one that like you would hang your hat on and say everybody not only can do but should be doing. Why is that? Well, I got an email I'm writing I'm going to send to my customers. I always send out a solar heating email this time of year, and this time it's going to be, uh, regarding solar heating, my cat is smarter than you are. I got pictures of my cat who finds every sunny spot there is. He will go and lay on the black chair that is in the sunshine and be in complete heaven because the sun is coming through the window, hitting the black chair, converting over to a higher grade of heat, and it's warming his, warming his body. And solar hot air is so easy to do. I mean, literally, I, in, I got three books on the subject, okay? And I'll, I'm going to give you enough during the show. You can do it without my books uh, because I want to enable you. But if you want the books, it's Sunshine to Dollars. That's the book I wrote. That's a fabulous book. It tells you how to get all of this free solar glass you could possibly want no matter what city you're in. I literally got tons and tons of glass, and that's the hard thing. People think solar energy is expensive because they go and they price a brand-new piece of blue low e glass blah 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 and think they got to have that and go oh my god this is so expensive you know it won't pay itself back and really it will even if you do buy that but i mean i just show you how to get all the glass you want for nothing so when you got free glass or you're using clear plastic from home depot it's really really cheap and easy to make solar heat um 
then I got another more advanced book called The Complete Handbook of Solar Air Heating Systems. And then I have another book called Movable Insulation, which is just so simple. It shows you how to not only bounce more solar light into your house, but how to put panels up that look sexy and work on magnets or slush. They sh- shutter in or they shutter out or they snap in and they prevent the heat from escaping your house. I mean, you you live in Arkansas, so correct. Heating is solar heating is not really a big thing for you. I mean, it will work really great for you, especially in the months of November, December, January, and February. Yeah, January, February for me. I mean, right now it is like forty degrees out, but even with that, I get so much gain just from the sun on the house. But January, February get cold here, and having not having to use just my heating system. Is very advantageous. Last year we had several days where we're in the neighborhood of seven degrees. I know it gets colder where you're at, but seven degrees sucks. Yeah, seven degrees sucks. And you know, being in Pennsylvania and in Michigan, um, I'm used to having a winter heating bill and everything else. And depending upon what you live in, your winter heating bill can be anywhere from a hundred dollars a month to four hundred and fifty dollars a month. And all the time the sun is hitting your house and you're doing nothing with it. Now, granted, sometimes in Michigan during December, there's only three sunny days, but I can use my solar heating in Michigan in September uh, for part of the month. In October, it gets cold enough. In November, it's cold enough. And December, it kind of stinks. January, it uh, is still a little bit overcast, but I do get free heat from sunshine. February and March and April are all sunny and get free heat. On all those days, absolutely, so it absolutely. works. And I mean, one of the things and I've always like with some of the stuff I've done, I've always done this. But one of the things that I picked up from you, the way to phrase this is, you know, we we use water to actually catch heat in some instances and distribute it later. Well, that is really a big one of the big no nos in solar heating and people are going to say well what do you mean i mean you see these solar hot water heaters available all the time for sale and it's to replace your solar your your um water heater or to supplement it and really your hot water bill is a fraction of your furnace or a fraction of your ac bill so it does not make sense to try to save money on something that's one-tenth of your energy expenditure and, and not try to save money in something that's 90% of your energy expenditure. And the only reason you see them for sale commercially is because they can make them and they can ship them. Solar hot air is our panels that are generally like four feet wide or three feet wide, and they need to be about eight or ten feet long. And so it's hard to make and it's hard to ship, but it's easy for you to make at home. It's just hard for a company to make them and then to ship them because you're doing freight shipping and it's glass and everything else. And it becomes an issue. But back to the subject, you don't want to heat solar hot water and then try to move it into your house because you have a heat, lot of heat loss. Heating solar hot water on your roof or outside and then trying to move that hot water inside is over three times, three times less efficient than just heating the air to start with in itself. So the adage in the solar air industry is, the solar heating industry is you heat the air and you store in water. 
So you make solar hot air heaters either on your roof, sticking out your window, outside the house, however you want to do it, and you heat the air, and you want to take your 65-degree air from your house, you want to blow it into it, and you want 85, 90-degree air coming out as fast as you can. You don't want a solar hot air heater where you go, I get 140 degrees coming out of my solar air heater, which is entirely easy to possible. I mean, I've melted thermostats before in my solar air heaters. Uh, because the higher the temperature difference, the greater the heat loss, the greater the heat transfer. So when you blow in your room air and you get out air, warm air as cool as possible, let's say, you know, 85, 90, 95 degree air is a nice warm air. You want that coming out as fast as possible to maintain that lower temperature because you'll get three times the heating capacity of the panel than if you just let it warm up to 140 or 150 and let the air waft out. You want to have a fan forcing air in and forcing air out. And once you heat up your entire house and it's warm, it's like, I just can't take any more than this, this heat. What you do is you have an automatic thermostat throw over like when the solar air reaches 110, it throws a switch and opens a dampener, and then you blow the, all your extra solar hot air either through rocks in, in an insulated bin or through water-filled soda bottles in an insulated bin, or you switch over to heating solar hot water and you store that in insulated barrels and drums. So... You heat the air, and you heat it as low and as fast as possible, and then you store your extra solar heat in rocks, uh, water bottles, or in water itself. That makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking there's, you know, even some low-tech solutions uh, that, that are more maybe applicable to me because, like you said, I don't need that much supplemental heat in my home right. uh, down here. But I do grow a lot of vegetables, and I do a lot of starting stuff out in a greenhouse. And by using that same principle in my greenhouse, I can store an awful lot of heat and get through these nights when I don't have the solar gain out there to keep the internal temperature up. Movable insulation, the third book I have, I have a package for all your customers. It's normally $70 worth of books. It's $49. It's on solar1234.com. There's a link to it. It's only for people listening to this show, and the uh, TSP MSB discount does apply. But my point in mentioning movable insulation is they have an entire section in there on keeping greenhouses warm in the wintertime with simple insulation towards the top of your greenhouse, whether it's curtains that you pull over, that are insulated, whether it's, um, they got these really ingenious methods for using, uh, foam and they just have it such that it slides out. So it cascades itself out like you were sliding cards out of a deck of cards. And it's just real easy to deploy in the evening and real easy to roll back in the morning. But there's a whole section right in movable insulation on insulating your greenhouse in colder climates. And I gotta tell you, I mean, it works because Really, people don't understand this. The nighttime sky, the clear nighttime sky, has a temperature of minus 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay? That is what everything sees the nighttime sky as. And the only thing between you and that temperature difference is the atmosphere. And that is what prevents you from just 
freezing instantaneously when being exposed to the nighttime sky. If you're in a desert environment where there is very, very low humidity because water is thermally emissive and you, you can actually see thermodynamically, you can see water in the atmosphere giving off its heat. It blocks the nighttime sky. So if you go out into the desert and you take a thermos bottle, I mean, this will really show you how much heat is lost to the nighttime sky. Whether it's your swimming pool at night, I mean, you're going to just go, oh my God, no wonder my pool is so cold, you know, after in the morning because you didn't put the pool cover on it. Is It's because you lose so much heat to the nighttime sky. That's why they they blow smoke over orchards, so orchards see the fruit sees the smoke instead of seeing the clear nighttime sky. And that's why you don't want your greenhouse to see the nighttime sky if it's not cloudy. It's because it's a tremendous heat loss. It's so much of a heat loss that if you take a thermos bottle and you go into the desert where there's no humidity, because it's really it's the humidity that's what we call thermally emissive, and it's what traps in heat. Uh, you want, might want to say it's CO2 and global warming, but no, I'm sorry. Water vapor outclasses everything dramatically. As Paul Wheaton would say, no, that's just marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyways, anyways, you go to a, a low humidity environment like a desert and you take a thermos bottle and you put like an ounce of water in a bottle on the bottom of a thermos bottle. And then you're going to take some paper, some newspaper, and you're going to make like a three foot long megaphone, like, like something you would talk to, you know, like, like that. And you're going to put it on top of the thermos bottle. And then you're just going to sit there and you're going to point it at the nighttime sky. And within the matter of 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending upon, you know, how, what your humidity is and time of the year is, in the desert, even though you're in the desert and it's not below freezing, it's like 80 degrees in the desert, that water in the bottom of that thermos bottle will freeze solid because all it can see is the nighttime sky and it's so well insulated, it is giving its heat up by radiation to the nighttime sky and it freezes solid in the bottom of the thermos bottle in the bottom of the desert. So that's why a movable insulation has you pulling curtains I mean, even a bed sheet will help insulate your greenhouse because your plants aren't seeing the nighttime sky and your greenhouse is not seeing the nighttime sky. That's why you want to pull a cover over your, over your, um, your swimming pool during the nighttime is so your water doesn't see the nighttime sky even in the summertime because it will, you lose heat through evaporation, you lose heat through radiation. And movable insulation tells you all this and says you can use sheets, you can use roll-out curtains, you can use polystyrene, styrofoam, you can make them so they snap in like this, you can make them so they slide on wires like that. It, it covers all those great details, but I want you to understand some of the basic principles behind heat loss in a greenhouse. So whether or not you use the books or not, you can take what I've told you and and, and use it. And, and be clear on what you mean on see the nighttime sky, because I know we have some paranoid delusionals out there that will think that it's like a spiritual thing. You just mean exposed to. Yeah, a cloudless sky. Yeah. A star-filled nighttime sky. Think about it. What is the temperature in space? You know, it's about minus 400 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, that is Absolutely. the temperature of the nighttime sky. 
And that is one of the reasons why when you go up in altitude, and when you're flying in a jet plane at 35,000 feet, it's minus 40 out, is because you got so little between you and outer space that you're losing all your heat up there to outer space, so it's such a cold environment. And if we didn't have heating in that plane, we'd be awful cold, as a bomber from World War II can tell you. And on the note of being cold, what are some things people can do to warm their home? Because, uh, like, I mean, I've seen some of your stuff in Sunshine of Dollars. Like, I saw one where you built, basically, you were building what I guess would have amounted to a glass house or a greenhouse attached to your home. Yeah, I did. Which was a cool idea. And But then you had to change the way you did it because... I think I read that the, the, the ass clown from the city who came out to do the permit did the permit based on how much the, the project cost. And since you had gotten all the stuff for free, it was like 75 cents was the, supposed to be the permit cost or something. And he wouldn't give you the permit because he didn't believe it or something like that. Yeah. And it was a minimum permit cost of $110. And he <laughs> says, you, you can't do this. And, you know, this, even though it was going to look nice, I had drawings and everything else. You can't do this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I mean, ridiculous. And that's why I went to making other type of solar air heaters. My favorite solar air heater is the one that goes into your window like an air conditioner. You have a duct that goes in your window that goes up and down, and it goes to a solar air heater that simply angles down to the ground at 45-degree angle. So the sunshine hits the solar air heater through the glass, and it just blows warm air into your house all the time through your window. So in the summertime, you open your window and take it out. When it becomes fall, you open your window and you put, you put it back in. So in the summertime, you put your air conditioner in, and then we you take your air conditioner out, you put your solar heater in. And whether it's – if you just warm one room in your house, I mean, that's a great financial advantage. These things can make as much heat as an electric uh, heater would that you plug into the wall. It's, it's, it's not hard to do. And to see, though, that solar heater is in two books. There's, um, the one basic one I made is in Sunshine the Dollars, and there's much better ones in the complete handbook of solar air heating systems. They show you, I show you how to start it and to do it quickly and easily, and the complete handbook of solar air heating systems tells you how to do it really professional looking and, uh, much, much sexier. But, I mean, what I got out of both of those books is how easy it really is to do. Oh, and it's, it's, I, I think that's why you're so big on this, because it's a lot easier than trying to put in your own pho- photovoltaic system or something like that. It's it, it's something that you really, you can't even mess it up, I guess is the way I would put it. You can, you can certainly learn to do it more efficiently, but I guess there's like a 90 ways to do it right, and like one way you can find to screw it up and do it completely wrong and not get any result. The only way to screw up, so I mean, first, photovoltaics are not my favorite. I kind of hate them. You get your money back in 20, 30 years, maybe. And with solar air heating, you can literally get your money back in two hours. Like today. Yeah, today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if you just make one with clear plastic from Home Depot, uh, and you let sunshine come through it and blow in your, in your air, it was, you know, some free two by fours and old, uh, and some foam insulation that pays itself back real quickly. Um, my point on that uh, subject was it becomes extremely easy when you get the free glass from Sunshine the Dollars. And my favorite glass is door wall glass, sliding glass door glass, because it's already uh, it's two layers of glass. It's already insulated. It comes double pane. It is um, 
what's the word, tempered. So it's very hard to break. You can throw a baseball in the center of the glass, and it won't break, but if you tap the edge of it with a butter knife, it'll all shatter into rock salt. Uh, that's the thing with tempered glass, is you don't want to hit it on the edges with anything. You can hit it in the middle with your head and be frustrated all day long, but you just don't want to tap it on the edges. So you get this free uh, sliding glass door glass, and you go, oh, this is just fabulous. And you, you start seeing solar heaters in your mind when you see the piece of glass. Oh, I can make a solar heater that looks like this. I can make a solar heater that looks like that. So you take um, oh, one of the easiest things you can do right now. Okay, I was, We'll talk about solar hot water for a second. Is You get a door. You get a door from someplace. You rip it off your neighbor's house. If it's post-apocalypse, there's going to be plenty of doors on houses you can get because they're already foam core insulated. Or you can go to Habitat for Humanity, you know, those people who build houses and things. You can buy doors from them for a buck. So it's a wood door, foam core door, whatever. You get a door and you throw it down on the ground. And then you put a 2x4 frame on top of it, just you know, 2x4, 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 2x4 with some screws to make a little box on top of the door. You put some four mil black plastic from Home Depot just down in there. You just, you know, tuck it in and you have it draped over it so it's bigger than the whole thing. And then you put down a piece of sliding glass door glass and into this little tray trough you made, you put hot water, you put water, any type of water and it will get up to 180 degrees in a matter of an hour more or less, depending upon where you are and what time of the year is. I made 180 degree water in February in Michigan on a sunny day. And this as a prepper, this is fabulous because it gets you hot water for washing, for it pasteurizes your water, it gets you just really hot water. I mean, imagine having 180 degree hot water that you can cool down with regular water to 120 that you can then use with a wash rag or in a portable shower and take a shower with anytime you want. Especially when it's like 50 degrees outside. You don't right. be taking a cold shower in 50 degree weather. I mean, there's, you know, there is the old myth, you know, you'll catch a cold if you're out in the cold and wet. Uh, but there's also some truth to it because it lowers your resistance. So there's a health concern as well there that having hot water helps to alleviate in a situation, whether it's long or short term, that you're uh, without systems of support. Exactly, exactly. And really, Sunshine the Dollars is more of a preparedness book than it is, um, it's a solar air, it's a solar energy book on solar electricity, on solar hot air and solar hot water. But if you read between the lines, it's all from a preparedness point of view because that's how I developed. I was a prepper. And I wanted to have my own hot air, and I liked the idea of having free heat and free hot water, and that's how I, I wrote the book. But we're talking about the ways of screwing up solar hot air, and the only way you can screw it up is you have leaks. Okay, If you have air leaks, that's the only way to screw up a solar hot air heater, a solar wat- hot water heater, or a solar oven is you have leaks. So you always take silicon and you, or you can take putty or you take mud, you can take a whole variety of anything you want and you just fill up all of your cracks so no hot air can get out because it's going to, when hot air heats up to 100 degrees or 140 or 180, it wants to leave very quickly through any crack and try to, you know, heat up the rest of the world. Absolutely. And, 
I, I, when you were talking, I ran and grabbed off my bookshelf the book Movable Insulation. You sent yeah. me like 45 pounds of books or something like that. <laughs> get to all of them. Uh, but I was just reviewing some of the stuff you were talking about. It's a pretty phenomenal book. It's not a coffee table, um, full-color book, but when you want to know how to do this stuff, man, it's incredibly well-documented, and there's hundreds of different ways, as you were saying, to implement this stuff and make it look really good. Yeah, and easy. Such a, it's not a pain in the rear end for you to do it every day. It doesn't take a half hour. It doesn't take minutes. You just walk in there and you you pick up one two by four and you just raise all your shutters up and goes, okay, my greenhouse is now insulated, done for the night. Yeah, I'm actually kind of blown away on the stuff on the greenhouse, and it, uh, I'm kind of feeling sad that I missed it uh, the first pass through the stack of books. Uh, I was just looking at that, and it makes perfect sense to me because when – we go out and we cover plants at night for frost protection. Yeah. Uh, we generally don't do that with clear plastic. We do that with a white-colored sheet of some sort. There's floating row covers that are designed to do that. There's people just use old bed sheets and things like that, and that works very well. Um, you, could, you could use th- you could use clear plastic as well because clear plastic is is clear plastic is as opaque to infrared and heat light as your wall is in your house. So would you say then that if you, so like my greenhouse is a 10 by 20 poly tunnel. Right. I'm going to have a lot less uh, heat escape then if, than if I was using actual glass. Is that what you're saying? No, glass is thermally um, opaque as well. Okay. If, if you had a, uh, if you have a thermal night vision system. Okay. Okay. And it was like the one that shows hot bodies walking around, whether it's black and white or color. The lenses and stuff are actually made of germanium. They're not made out of straight silicon-based glass because germanium is transparent to infrared light. Heat can go through it like light goes through a window. If you take that thermal camera and you point it at your face, you're wearing sunglasses, you'll see the sunglasses. You won't see the person's eyes. Because you can't see, they look cold. I've seen it where you have a, you have glasses on and you have thermal imaging on the person, and the glasses look like black. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Gotcha. The glasses will be the temperature of the of the air around it. If you look at your house, all your windows will be a set temperature. There is no such thing in the world as an infrared or thermal camera that can see people moving inside of a house. It is a complete Hollywood myth, no matter what anyone has told you, because <laughs> it's a thermal camera. Come oh, on, you mean they lied to me in the movie Navy SEALs when they saw the guy through the cinder block wall and shot him with the fifty cal? Yes, they lied to you. No, Hollywood wouldn't lie to me. You cannot do that with a thermal camera in any shape or form because all the camera sees is the temperature on the outside of the house. You'd have to have a house <laughs> made out of germanium windows to see the guy with a thermal camera walking around on the inside. Wow. I'm, I'm totally, I, I, I'm telling you, my, my whole spirit has been crushed by the fact that Hollywood lie, would lie to me. I never thought that would happen. Now, here's the deal with your polytunnel, okay? You're... Polytunnel will not allow heat. It will not allow the heat from the plants to go to the sky because the polytunnel is infrared opaque. Okay, do we we got that? Yes. Now the very top of your polytunnel, of your thin plastic polytunnel, it can see the sky. 
Okay? Gotcha. So the surface of your polytunnel starts to cool down, and that is then cools down the air on the other side of the polytunnel. And I get a cascading why, effect, basically. You get a cascading effect. That's why it becomes uh, cold with your, your greenhouse. So, so I'm going I'm to blow you away with learning from you here. So this is the exact same effect in reverse when we look at passive cooling of a house where the house starts to heat from the top and comes down. Well, it's high, yes. It's exactly the opposite yes, effect. Yes, it reverses. I, I, I have a book on that. It's yeah. called the complete, it's called, um, how to really save money and energy in the cooling of your house. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, that's that same effect flipped around. Okay, cool. Completely, completely. So that's why you want to throw something over your greenhouse. If you put a tarp over your greenhouse, then the tarp is seeing the nighttime sky. Then there's an air gap between the tarp and your poly. So it's not trying to transfer the coldness. The tarp's going to get cold. It's not going to have a hard time transferring that heat to the greenhouse. And then it's going to have a hard time transferring to the plants. So that's why if you put something over your plants or between the plants and the top of the greenhouse or over the top of the greenhouse, you're forming that insulative layer that is preventing the coldness from reaching the plant, which is really is preventing the heat from leaving the plant to the polytunnel, which is then preventing the heat from the polytunnel, leaving it to the nighttime sky. Awesome. God, I hope some people just aren't sitting there going, oh, my God, he's speaking. I try not to speak in tongues. I try to make this as simple as <laughs> No, I, I mean, it's pretty simple. If we if we add that layer of insulation, we reduce the heat loss. If you want to just break it, you just gave, like, the big technical explanation to it, but that's basically, if you do this, you'll have more success with your greenhouse. Yes, absolutely. And then that's all in movable insulation. Awesome, awesome. Now, if you want to turn your greenhouse into a solar heater that's connected to your house, you want to attach your greenhouse to your house so you can heat your house with your greenhouse, then the, the complete hand, the complete handbook of solar air heating systems will help you with some of, uh, that science. And that's what I was trying to do in Michigan was to make a greenhouse in my house and, or which would be more like a summer room. And then that would help heat the house in the wintertime. Yeah, and when I read that, I was just like, that's why I don't live in cities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's people out there who have uh, home committees. Uh, what's the residential planning committee? A home homeowners association. association. Yeah. yeah. People with homeowners association are just going like, oh, my God, you know, I can't even have my grass grow more than two inches. They're, they're, the homeowners association is on my hate list even higher up than uh, politicians. That's that's how much I hate the entire concept of a homeowners association. Uh, but at least they're a voluntary thing you enter into when you buy your house, I guess. But well, uh, you have some real something. There's something your wife makes you enter into because she wants to buy the house. <laughs> yeah, not mine. Anyway, um, you had like some, uh, in one of your books, I think it was Sunshine and Dollars, a really cool, simple thing, just like hanging black plastic on the back, on the inside of the window. Oh yeah, let me tell you this. Okay, free stuff for all you guys listening out there. Okay, there's something called quality of heat, and that is basically the temperature. And it has to do with converting long wave infrared to short wave infrared, but whatever. Okay. Here's the thing. You get sunshine coming into the window of your house. If you go get some black plastic trash bag or some black plastic from Home Depot, and it's cheap for a roll of it, it can be one mil, two mil, four mil. It really doesn't matter. It just as long as it's a piece of black plastic, it could be a piece of, um, black, 
uh, bed sheet that you you dye black as well, or it could be a bunch of black T-shirts. Uh, it's in Sunshine the Dollars, and uh, I hung it from the curtain rod, and all the and it covered the entire window, and it was open at the bottom, and it was open at the top, and this was on a February day where it was like 32 outside. My inside house temperature was 67. I had 67 degree air going into the bottom of it and 77 degree air coming out of the top of it because it is increasing the heat quality from being black, long wavelength to short wavelength, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that is how simple it is to make a solar air heater with just a black piece of plastic hanging in your southern windows of your house. And I remember reading that and realizing that there was there was really nothing more to it than hanging up a piece of black plastic and thinking even if you didn't want to do that on a daily basis, the knowledge that if you had a grid-down situation for a time that you could just have some plastic set up and ready to go and have tested it out and know how to put it up really quick and just use your existing curtain rods was extremely valuable. Right. In and fact, most people would get it wrong because they would think hanging that piece of black plastic up there would uh would 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 help keep the heat out which i guess if you taped it to the window might be true but when you leave it hang behind the window and you have that airspace back there that's the space that warms up and then that air circulates into your room right that's why my cat is smarter than you are than when it comes to solar heat <laughs> because my cat understands this principle and the cat has a brain the you know size of a walnut uh, that is the, the bigger concept behind that piece of hanging plastic. It's called a trome wall, T-R-O-M-B. And you can look it up on, Wiki, on Google or Wikipedia. It's also in the complete handbook of solar air heating system. Basically, that's where you replace the outside of your house with glass. And again, it's always good to use free glass and sunshine the dollars. And then you have uh, air inlets on the bottom and you have heat outlets on the top. And it's a naturally siphoning system where it siphons in the cold air from the bottom, heats it up, and forces it out the top, and it creates its own convection. And it's called a trome wall. It's a very proven concept, and that's what that piece of plastic emulates on a very small scale is a trome wall or a trome window. It, it comes in the bottom and goes out the top. All, it, I mean, it, it does it on its own. In fact, you can uh, self-siphon water so, with solar as well because the hot water will want to rise and go up. The cold water will want to come down. It'll. You can have a barrel of cold water inside and a barrel of hot water outside that's being heated by the sun. It'll naturally siphon all the way around until everything's the same temperature. Yeah, awesome. Um when I was uh, when I was looking at that, I was also wondering if this would work. If you took existing curtains and they were curtains that were opaque enough that you would you wouldn't mess up the appearance of them by doing this, you could basically just line the back side of your curtains with black. Oh, oh, yeah, even better. Yeah, yes, you can do that. Yes, that would work. Uh, there's some of that is covered in movable insulation. Also covered in movable insulation is something that was done at Oak Ridge National Laboratories, which is fabulous. You know what Venetian blinds are, right? Correct. Okay. Well, you paint one side silver, you paint one side black. So in the summertime, you 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 pull the Venetian blind so the silver side is out and reflects the sunshine back out the window. And in the wintertime, you you turn them so the black side is facing and it hits the black Venetian blinds and wafts in hot air. Wow. That you wonder why nobody's just making them that way. 
You know, if you think about it, that would be uh that that would be pretty well genius right there. There is a business. Any any survival podcaster who wants to do this, okay, who wants to do them for certain sizes and everything else, you make them, I'll market them. I can reach out to nearly 70,000 people on my email list who are my customers and if I say come by, they'll come this works, it's Harris approved, they'll come purchase it and for you to uh, take some really good paint and paint Venetian blinds in that color configuration, it'll work. But, you know, don't believe me. Try it at home. Sure. I, I mean, mean that's, much- that's the beauty is it's something you can go out and get, like, a cheap set of, you know, $9 Venetian blinds and try it for yourself. Yep, yep. Use flat black paint on one side, which is a dollar a can at Home Depot for the cheapest flat black paint. And then you're going to, there's no such thing as really mirror paint or chrome paint. Sure. But, uh, any, uh, bright white paint or silver paints or one of the reflective paints will work just fine for the other side. And there you go. Summer, winter, summer, winter. And you just flip them around. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely awesome. And I mean, you, I, I love you reaching out to people and saying, Hey, if somebody wants to do this, I'll help you. Maybe I'll have you someday do a guest spot on my uh, business podcast, Five Minutes with Jack. Oh, yeah, sure. Anytime. Oh, that would Anytime. be cool. Let's stay on track here, though. What else we got from a solar heating standpoint today? Oh, Lord. Let me look at my list. Oh, solar ovens. Solar ovens. I got solar ovens and sunshine the dollars. I got two solar ovens. I got one I made with the uh, piece of metal out of a freezer, the inside lining. I just wrapped it with uh, pink insulation like it would be in your walls. I just wrapped it with pink insulation and wire and uh, duct tape. And I put uh, a piece of uh, door wall glass on top of it, and it sealed down and made a tight uh, fit just perfectly. And uh, then I made a reflector out of cardboard. And you take you take cardboard reflectors are great. If you just want some more heat in your house right now, go get some cardboard, cut it so it slopes down from your window, and go get aluminum foil, shiny side up. And you take some Elmer's glue and you dilute it 50-50 with water. And you paste down the Elmer's glue and then you paste and you put down the aluminum foil. And you just bounce more sunshine directly into your window right now. And that's going to, you know, really warm things up just through your window, let alone if you put black curtains or black plastic on it. But, uh, solar ovens are magical. You do not need to spend $400 or $300 or $200 on a solar oven. I show you right in the book how to make one with uh, wood and uh, foam insulation on the outside. I show you how to make one for free uh, with cheap and free and available materials. And, uh, again, it all comes down to getting that glass really cheap or getting that glass free is what really makes it possible. And you but, made, like, a huge one, dude. You made one, yeah. did, like, six or was it 12 loaves of bread or something at one time? It was insane. 20, 20 loaves of bread. (laughs) Basically, what I did was I took a freezer, and I took the metal shell out of the freezer, and then I put the the pink insulation all the way around it, wrapped it with wire, and then I put cardboard around it. But you can actually just take a freezer chest or a refrigerator chest in itself because it's already insulated, not as well as I'd like, but it's already insulated. And you can put glass and, you know, rip the door off, put glass on top of it, make sure it's sealed, or you can seal it and lift it up and down. And then you put uh, reflectors on it, like I just described, out of uh, cardboard. And my reflector was six feet tall. I mean, it bounced a tremendous amount of sunshine into it. 
And I mean, I, I baked bread. It, they'll get up to, if you make them good enough, they'll get up to 450 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, technically, theoretically speaking, if you made them absolutely perfect, they get to be the temperature of the sun and literally catch on fire. But don't worry about that. You won't ever make it that good. But they'll get up to 450 easy. And the thing that people don't realize is you can bake bread even at 225. Yeah, I've got a solar oven, one I bought, one I built, and I was actually amazed at how well they do bread. Um, I, I don't eat a lot of bread myself, but it's a good thing to be able to make, and it does a really great job. You, you really can't burn it. I guess you can overcook nope. it, but you, you kind of look at it by eye and you know when it's done, but it does, you, you don't, ever, all the heat's uniform, so you don't get like a hot spot where one spot cooks faster than the other. Right, and it might not brown. If you cook the bread at 225 in an okay solar oven, it, it'll get done. You'll kind of recognize it as being done. It won't be brown crusted though, and, but it'll taste just the same. It's just, you're, you go white bread. I'm eating bread that I know is supposed to be brown, but it's, it's white. But you, <laughs> cut, it, you cut into it and it's perfect. Uh, it just takes a few more hours to bake at 200 or 225 than it does take to bake at uh, 325 or 350. But biscuits, bread, cake, I mean, and see, I like big solar ovens. I like sure. big solar ovens that don't cost me nothing, and I can bake 20 loaves of bread in it real quickly because I can feed my neighbors. And I always say it's easier to feed your neighbors than it is to shoot them. Hey, I got to tell you, back when, when somebody first introduced me to you, I yeah. kept thinking to myself, I know this guy from somewhere. Yeah. I know this guy from somewhere. And that kept going into my head. It turned out that your, your little talk on family preparedness, yeah. I had listened to years ago. Right. And it was one of those things where, you know, you're doing six things, like, you're like me, you're an entrepreneur. And when you listen to some audio, it's on, but you're doing other things. And so actually, I've known about you for years longer than I thought I did. Aww. And I remember that, and that's actually, out of that whole talk, it was the one thing that I've often said myself and, and, and made part of our philosophy here, that store a lot of cheap stuff that you don't even care about because it is easier to feed your neighbor than shoot them. Yeah, the ta- really, the talent is in, your pe- in the people because your neighbor might be a mechanic. He knows Correct. how to fix things. He could be a carpenter. He, he or she could be a nurse or a, a doctor. Or they could have tools or, uh, you know, this endless amount of talent. And, and then know, my thing, Steve, has always been, I've, you know, you get the bravado bullshit guys and they're like, well, I, I've got mine if you don't have your stuff. And I'm like, really? So you're going to let the little old lady you've gone to church with for the last 20 years at the end of your street starve? You're yeah. really gonna, you're really gonna be that guy. And, and the reality is they're not. It's, it's because they have a fear they're holding on to. They use that bravado to try to force their fear away. And here's something you'll never forget. Do you know, and I, I, I bang this into the head of the police department that I was working with in Michigan. Do you know what the best thing those little old ladies are for? Tell me. It's for watching your children while you're doing other stuff. Sure. They're good at it. They've they've done it all their life. Yeah. They've raised kids, and it's like Mrs. So and So, could you watch my three children for me? I need to, you know, go out and shoot the zombies before they get through the fence line. <laughs> I mean, who? I mean, think about it. How can you do things when you're worrying about your children? Sure. Absolutely. How can cops go out and work twelve on twelve off during the blackout or during a disaster? When they're worrying about their family at home, hell, I I, I told the police chief during the blackout. 
And if you buy Sunshine the Dollars, you get a free copy of Surviving the Blackout of 2003, which I went through. And I was in, in the police station talking with the police chief working in the emergency operations center. I said, you understand, on day two, let alone the beginning of day three, you're going to have all these cops bringing their families to the police station because it's the only safe place. And you need to have little old ladies, you know, that are members of the CERT team to come in here and keep an eye on the kids because it's the only way they'll do their job. They won't come in. They'll, they'll stay home and protect their, protect their family. Well, we may have just uncovered a gaping hole in many people's plans. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay, back to solar heating. Um, uh, let's see. Shall we do the um, – what else did I mention on solar heating that you wanted to cover? I did solar glass. Uh, I did solar hot water. I did uh, water, store and water, heat with air. I did solar hot air. Uh, let's see. I did the trome walls. Was there something else? The greenhouses we covered. It covered greenhouses. Uh, okay, I got the I got a fun subject for your people. But first, I'll, I'll say, if you want the Steve Harris preparedness class, and over a hundred and eight thousand people have downloaded and taken my class, hundred and eight thousand. It's at beforethestormhits.com, just like it sounds. BeforeTheStormHits.com. If you can't remember that, please remember Solar1234.com. There's links on Solar1234.com to Before the Storm Hits. It's free. It's my charity. It's where I give back. It doesn't cost you nothing to download it and to listen to it. And you can listen to it all you want. You can give it to all your friends. You can forward a link to your friends. Jack and I encourage it. I'll have our show notes up there and what we talked about at solar1234.com. I'll have the special for the books, $70 worth of books for $49 at solar1234.com just for TSB people, the MSP, MSB membership support brigade people. And if you're not a member of the membership support brigade, join it. It'll save you so much money. Jack has a wonderful program with that. Appreciate that, man. You'll save 15% off the $49 with the uh, MSB membership. And I'll have, if you want to hear the shows that you missed, all my links to all of Jack's previous shows are not only on Jack's page he made for me, but they're, all the links are on solar1234.com. And I'll give you a link to solar on something I'm going to tell you about on solar1234.com that'll just blow your mind with solar energy. They're called solar balloons. Have you seen these, Jack? I, I have not. You were telling me about them before the uh, episode, though. It sounds cool, and it sounds like a great way to teach your kids about solar heating. It is. It really is. What is a solar balloon? A solar balloon is made from really thin black plastic. You go to Walmart, and you find the cheapest black plastic trash bags you can because they're the thinnest. They're actually... 0.3 mil. Some are even like 0.18 mil. They're the type that if you sneeze hard enough, you'll break the plastic. <laughs> so anyways, you take a razor blade and you, and you cut them all into uh, rectangles. Okay, You just slit the seams and open and fold them open. And then you start taping them together with uh, scotch tape or masking tape. And you make either a pillow by folding it in half and taping the edges, or you can make what's called a tetrune, which is like two pyramids joined to each other. It's real easy to do. There's a website called solar-balloons.com, S-O-L-A-R, then a dash, 
why people do that, I don't know. Balloons, B-A-L-L-O-O-N-S.com, and they will show you how to make a solar balloon. And I don't make any money off of this. Um, they put it up there for free. It, it's just a fun thing to do. But you you make this great big black trash bag. And it, I'm talking, you can make it 10 or 20 feet in size. And then you inflate it gently with, like, your shop vac so it's it's puffed out. And you go out into the sunshine. And it's actually great to do it in the wintertime because it's cold outside and the sun hits the black plastic, heats it up inside so it's got a better lift. These because things will, it's about the differential between the two temperatures of air, not just so how much how hot the air inside is, right? Yeah, exactly. And one of the most fabulous things I want you to do is when this balloon is heating up before you let it go, stick your head on the inside of it, okay? And just feel all that beautiful solar heat just, you know, blowing across, moving across your face that's coming from nothing but sunshine. And that can be the same free heat going into your house. But anyways, you actually do leave the bottom of the solar balloon open. Otherwise, it'll burst and pop when it went up in altitude and you just let the thing go and it just starts moving like an alien spaceship up so slowly like it's suspended there and it keeps on going up and up and up these things will fly to over 50,000 feet and they will fly, awesome. they'll fly for hundreds of miles they'll cost you pennies to do a razor blade black plastic trash bag and some masking tape uh, actually, I use um, clear. I use clear packaging tape is what I used. That works good, but masking tape will work as well. And it's a fun thing to do with your kids in the wintertime. It really shows them that what real solar energy is and the power of solar heating, what it does. And it's just so neat. You, know, they'll, they'll, you might even make the news. Just don't say your kid is inside of it and floating around <laughs> and you'll be okay. I remember that. That's really cool, and uh, it, it, I guess it's the one case where when you're buying something, buying the cheapest thing you can get ends up being the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. But the cheapest, exactly. those garbage bags I would never buy, they're the ones I want for this little experiment. That sounds like it's just like a great project to do with kids in school and all types of things, and that, that switches on that young mind because for all the things that we've talked about, the greatest stuff is yet to come, and they're the ones that are going to do it. Yeah, and we, we've gutted our space program. We're not going to the moon. We're not going to Mars. We're hardly even, we, we scrapped our space shuttle now. Um, we're not even making any new Star Treks right now. And if you watch the documentary on Star Trek, there's people who say, I went into aeronautical and space science, aeronautical engineering and space sciences, or I became a pilot, or I went into engineering because of Star Trek. Absolutely. There's, there's people that say that about the space program from the 60s, and there's people that say that about the shuttle program and NASA and with the Mars rovers and the new one going up, Curiosity. This all inspires people beyond many multitudes beyond what the dollars spent on the actual space program, what comes out of it in inspiration and motivation for people to reach out and to achieve and to learn. Like I've always said, you want a fun field to go into for the rest of your life, go into organic chemistry. You'll never be bored. The organic chemistry will never be done. You can always be inventing things in organic chemistry because the number of chemicals there are in organic chemistry is into the millions, and you can make all your own. That's what making alcohol is. It's organic chemistry. But uh, I'm all for it. Encourage your kids to go into math, science, physics, 
have them take calculus, engine engineering. We're, China is graduating more engineers every year than we have in our entire college population in total. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's I think it's important that we keep looking forward that way and we keep staying optimistic. This dovetails nicely into yesterday's show where I talked about avoiding burnout, and part of that is to be optimistic about our future. We have problems, but we also have a lot of solutions that we just need to implement. Hey, I mean, let me tell you, you think people will say, well, Steve, you're smart. Okay, Steve, you know, you know how to do this and everything else. The recession came along and knocked me flat on my rear end. And people kept on saying, Steve, I know you. You'll make it out of it. You'll get out of it. You'll figure out a way. And I'm sitting there going, I've, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I haven't got a clue how to <laughs> dig out of this hole. And, I mean, it took an awful lot of work, hard work and thinking and talking to people like you, Jack. And actually, it's your audience is, is, is really fairly responsible in many ways in getting me out of the recession. Not only do a lot of your people come and get my different books and different DVDs, I mean, it wasn't like a landslide. It's not like going, I'm going, yippee, I'm rich, you know. It, it was just that little bit of extra customer stuff, but plus it got me energized. It got me out of the burnout phase I think you were talking about. Absolutely. Because people were asking me questions it's like, okay, I got this show with Jack. Well, I'm not going to let these people down. I mean, it takes me a week or two of preparation of making notes and putting things together and say, what are we going to talk about this month? What can I give them so they can do something for nothing? Uh, what can I give them in terms of value that they, they can come and get from me when they want to know the second level and third level stuff because I want to give away the first level stuff for nothing to you? It really energizes your mind. And I, I love teaching. I, I teach in different places. I do uh, family preparedness class. I teach energy. I teach other different things. And you know, and so I'm teaching your people. And that really kind of picked me up and got some more of the neurons firing and everything else. And this, and it's been two years since the recession. Well, actually three years. Um, so it, it gets me too. Okay. Yeah, and I think that the big part of the, the the being picked up, and I think the big thing that the audience always needs to remember uh, when they feel the same way is it's when you realize that what you do matters. Uh, yeah. it, it changes a lot of things, and, and and little things like realizing, hey, I can cut twenty five percent off my electric bill this winter, or my heating oil bill, or whatever it is, with some free glass and, and a few uh, boxes. Um, that's a pretty strong message of what you do matters. Yeah. Yeah, it works. I mean, that's the thing I say about solar heating is it works. It's just so hard. It's so hard to screw it up. The only way you can screw it up is by having air leaks and some silicon or some duct tape takes care of that quick enough. Uh, every city in the country, you can, I'll, I'll tell you where to get the free glass. You can just go ask and they'll go, yeah, sure. Take all you want. Please. <laughs> it's true, folks. It's in the book. I, I have a copy and it works, man. You, it, yeah. it definitely works. And you've, again, you've got those three books, uh, for special, uh, yep. for 50 bucks, 49, 49, 49 and whatever. And MSP, MSP people still get the additional 15% off. We'll have links in the show notes. Uh, for people to be able to get that. And, of course, you always have everything at solar1234.com. Right. And don't forget to write in to Jack with your questions that you have on, sol on solar heating. Because if I'm back next month, I hope so, um, we'll do a show that is all about the questions and answers that you asked. 
So, I mean, if look for an even better solar heating show to come up in the middle of winter because we're going to do it all based upon your questions, and I'm going to generate all the answers and all the solutions and tell you exactly what the answer is to all the really great questions that I know you guys are going to ask us. Yeah, I know. We always have the best shows when we do the shows based on what the users are asking. So we'll definitely do that. It's probably going to be February before we get you back right now. I'll, I'll hand you off to Dorothy for, uh, for booking on that. We've, uh, we've really slammed ourselves in December and January. I was running thin on guests and said, Hey, if you want to be on the show, let me know. And, uh, everybody did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fabulous. Fabulous. I, I need a break. cold, man. So it'll be a great time to do that. And uh, as always, I love having you on. And if anything new or exciting comes up, even maybe we'll have you on for a, a quick segment or something like that if you if you stumble onto something. Okay. I mean, I love it. I'll come back anytime for your audience. The, the, they're the best. They respond. They write me questions. Write Jack questions. Come on by and check stuff out. Get our free stuff. Stay energized. Stay excited. I know. I mean, man, I was right where some of you guys are. And, you know. Like Jack said, don't get burnt out, get motivated, get moving, and uh, just one foot in front of the other, and it gets better. And, and that's how I got to, you know, that's how I became an expert in solar energy was I just never stopped. It was one foot in front of the other, and never stopped reading books, and never stopped experimenting, and away we go. Well, Steve, again, thanks for being on the show, and uh, you're one of the people that when you say you're an expert in something, I actually believe you because you've proven that time and time again. I appreciate all the uh, the teaching and information you've brought to the audience five times now. It will definitely be a sixth appearance by you uh, uh, this winter, and we'll answer these questions. Folks, if you want to ask a question, the best way to do that to make sure that I get it into the queue for the next show, go to the survivalpodcast.com, episode 798, which is today's episode, and post your question in the comments section. I'll be collecting them from there, and I'll get them into a document and over to Steve for some pre-show prep before we have him back on, and he'll be happy to answer those questions. And with that, today this has been Jack Spierko along with Stephen Harris helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. There's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess When we follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way
Revolution.